This is Joe Marais here again for Thoughts on Leadership podcast. And again with Steve Brossman, Sydney, Australia, looking out at Balmoral Beach. And you're wonderful <laughs> <laughs> above the man cave this time, but yeah. on the balcony overlooking the, the beautiful harbour that I so miss uh, in, in the middle of summer. Uh, and of course, my friends in the Northern Hemisphere have a different outlook on the outside. I'm kind of preferring sitting here with you right now, Steve. <laughs> well, the, the thing that we are missing right now is how we got together and we spent many, many mornings watching our, our boys play in the park. Yeah. It's our coffee down at Valmore. But, yeah. and, and look, the, the, view, uh, the view will put up. This, this, yeah. this is visual caffeine for me, my friend. So, yeah. uh, so this, 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 is, this is great. And we can, we've got many, a few more mornings we can uh, get to 6.30 or yeah. so uh, we can do on that the beach. Sure. So, so we were talking a lot and we, uh, in the previous episode about the authority being the authority catalyst as a person and and I love the concept that you use about you know not being boxed in or or um, uh, you know not being just known for one thing and not keeping the best stuff on the inside uh, as a person but and then we started tailing into the product side of things or the product and service so a lot of people out there particularly um, our audience of listeners uh, their job is to really, you know, put their product or service before themselves. But it's like you're creating a product or a service with its own persona as an authoritative figure. And I just wanted to, to, to tap into your insights into how would one be the orchestrator of, as a marketer or even as a salesperson, to position a product or a service as an authority and I, one thing I really loved was that, that you mentioned was um, uh, with the, the pool fencing uh, example that you used in the previous episode is it's, it's not about do it yourself because if you say do it yourself, you'll turn off a lot of people. The fact that you change it and you put you know, self-installation, just a simple thing, just it almost felt like you empowered the person, right, or the, the, the customer to have that almost authority in themselves that it's a self-installation that they're doing something. yeah well these guys and, and probably many of your listeners are in a very very competitive market absolutely and yeah. they they had a lot of the uh the di do-it-yourself small companies and they had the the big box bunnings yeah the the warehouse supplies and they were all out there yeah you know, trying to to undercut them yeah. they were almost all selling virtually the same thing yeah and DIY, do-it-yourself, seems to be the connotation and, and how it made you feel was almost like the cheap and nasty, get the box, go and do it yourself. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. That means you're on your own, you go and do it. <laughs> yeah. Whereas these guys uh, from Exact Glass, they, they had some great videos, they had virtually everything that you needed so for them to be there with them. So yeah. they call it self-installation. Yeah. But we're there, we even got to the point of there's a sheet that came with every box mm. and they could scan the QR code mm. and watch the video on their phone mm. out by the pool as yeah. they erected it. That's, that's and the other thing was, and we were talking earlier, is create the relationship with the people. Mm. And we set up their sales funnel. Their first video on their website was mm. great, but it was a, have a look at our big warehouse and have a look at all the boxes of glass. 
But then we turned it around and say, hey, listen, there's the three guys that are sitting in the warehouse. You know, somebody called us the other day and they had a problem. We opened the warehouse, we sent this through, and they were all about the selling the service, mm. not the pieces of glass. And then when um, then they get an inquiry, we started introducing the videos into the whole sales funnel. Mm. So they'd say, hey, thanks for getting... Uh, Paul's working on your quote right now. He's going to give mm. you a call in 24 hours. So they were basically selling the service, selling the partnership and relationship, not the boxes of mm. glass. Mm. And that's where most people that sell a box of something, it's not the box that they're really selling. Mm. It's, it's the something else. It's yeah. the extra service. Yeah. And then, I'll just quickly go on to, and I know we're going to go off on a tangent on this That's next bit. perfectly why we do this. <laughs> <laughs> is that people don't buy your product or service. Mm. They buy how they feel before, during, and after. That's a fantastic Doing point. business yeah. with you. Yeah, that's like a culmination of a, of a bunch of my sayings when I'm producing an event. It's the before, during, and after. And then there was another example of... Um, uh, it, it's a transformational thing, isn't it? Mm. It's that whole... Uh, like Super Mario, it wasn't the mushroom, it was turning into Super Mario, you know, that whole transformation of, of, of being being at one place at one point in time to the next point in time. And that's really, really a, like, like a beautiful way of, of, of putting it. Yeah, and that's the thing that I guess a lot of people forget mm. is, and then I'll just say, a lot of salespeople, a lot of business people say, if all you do is... I think Zig Ziglar said this way back as, you know, service other people's needs and you'll be rich. But people don't buy what they need. They actually yeah. buy what they want. Yeah. If all we did was bought what we needed, we'd all be, you know, driving around in three-year-old beige Volvo wagons. Yeah. That's all we need. Yeah. Safe gets us from A to B and carries a whole heap of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But why does somebody buy a Porsche or a Ferrari? Yeah. They're impractical. They're very expensive. Yeah. It's how they feel yeah. sitting inside it. Yeah. And business people and often marketers don't remember that. Mm. They don't take them on that journey. Mm. Whereas, what is it that I want them to feel right now yeah. in this conversation? What yeah. is it I want them to feel? And if we can take that into the enterprise or corporate world, yeah. and if I'm having a discussion with you, colleague to colleague, is what does I want you to feel? Mm. What do I want my boss to feel when he reads this report? What yeah. do I want my subordinates to feel? when we do this, mm. when you're looking at it's the transaction of emotions, mm. not the product or service, yeah. when you have a grasp of that, that's where the product suppliers can actually become an authority. Mm. Mm. And, and that really hovers around that statement by Maya Angelou, the uh, American black activist, and it goes along the lines, I'm probably going to get this wrong, uh, <laughs> along the lines of uh, people uh, will remember what you say and what you do. They might forget it, but they'll never forget the way that you made them feel. Yeah, well, um, I've heard very similar. And people will forget 80% of what you say, but they'll remember 100% of how you made them feel. Yes, yeah. I heard one, one of my speaker coaches, they'll forget 80% of what you say, but they'll remember that you mm. made them feel. Yeah. yeah. So if you can make them feel, they'll remember that. And yeah. that's one of the biggest things in 
business, life, mm. you name yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that if you can communicate with somebody and, and get them to feel, and it, it happens time and time again. Um, I remember a friend say she used to go to this place to get coffee. The mm. coffee was terrible, but the guy used to sing to her all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's, it's weighing up. It's like, well, do I go there because of the actual product? Yeah. Or do I go there because yeah. the place makes me feel good? Yeah. And the thing, another classic example of a client um, several years ago, all they did was they sold beauty equipment mm. to salons, etc. Mm. And it was really, really competitive. Mm. So how can we differentiate? Again, we took the focus off the equipment. It was good equipment. Mm. But how they determined the right equipment was a unique way. It's like, well, mm. we're going to help sell you. We're going to understand your business and get the right equipment that fits in with everybody, everything mm. else so that you can actually get a greater return on investment, not mm. this is a really good deal, buy this one. Yeah. So they, they worked with them on the business sense. Mm. The, the equipment, the service, and the support was very similar to everything mm. else. However, we built what we called the Spectrum Success Academy. Mm. And we put together a range of training videos yeah. to help them grow their business. Yeah. So they were known as the people who not only sold the equipment, but cared enough for the salons to grow their business. Yeah. So the equipment was almost the same. Yeah. They did what I said, change the game. Yeah. Don't yeah. compete in the game that you, you know, are competing hard with everybody else. Yeah. Change the game that you can win that game. Yeah. And that was the big difference. They became the authority. Yeah on helping other salons yeah. to make money and yeah. be successful, not just selling them equipment. Yeah, and again, for me as a, as a musician, one of the other quotes that I'm going to get horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> but has stuck in my head is, uh, uh, I'm not the greatest guitar player in the world, far from it, but I can make this guitar sing. And that was John Lennon, right? Yeah. So, you know, at, at the time, I think he was playing a cheap Japanese guitar at the time, but what a return of investment on that yeah. guitar, right? <laughs> you know, and it, it really comes down to, you know, you have to say it's not what you have, it's, it's how you use it, right? And, and using it in, in the right way, because it is, you know, for products and services, it is very competitive out there. There's so many alternatives, but in this digital day and age of too much choice in social media, it seems like the thing that can actually stand out is the people behind the product and service, right? And you're absolutely right. A lot of people don't transfer that across to their digital and their online marketplace. Yeah. It's still, I want to have a good experience while I'm buying something online. Yeah. And I'll give you a classic example. It was, um, I was a, a member of a, a car hire company. Mm. Um, and it was it was thrifty cars, and I had a reason to ring them. Mm. It wasn't something went wrong, and I got put on hold. And it was a male recorded voice, which in itself is unique because normally you'll have a, a female recorded voice. But it, it felt as if they were talking to me. Mm. And a couple of minutes later, or well, I don't know, might have been thirty seconds later, the message came back. Oh, are you still there? I'm sorry. Let me go and chase it up for you. And that was a recorded voice. It was a recorded voice. Okay. And I was about to talk to him. I was like, oh, okay, record, okay I'll, I'll sit and wait. And I heard some music and it wasn't yeah. just the typical, you know, elevator yeah. music. Yeah. And, oh, I am so sorry, you're still there. Leave it with me. 
I'll chase it up. Fantastic. And this happened about three or four times, and I'm having a good time on hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm still telling the story 20 years later. Yeah. And I stayed with that company yeah. because of that one feeling. I yeah. probably could have saved money with shopping around every time I bought a car and things. I mean, mm. hired a car at an airport and those sorts of things. But that one experience, that yeah. one feeling yeah. that that company did for me... Yeah. When I was in a time where I was probably chasing something up or a, you know, a payment didn't go through yeah. or something yeah. that I could have been really shitty about. Yeah. But they gave me that experience, that yeah. feeling. Yeah. And as I said, I've forgotten everything else yeah. except how that made me feel. Yeah. And I think there was, even though it was a recorded message, there was a, a feeling of authenticity, right? Yeah. And that's where, like for example, now in the earlier episode, my snooze button went off. Not that I needed the sleeping alarm, but I just didn't want to all of a sudden sleep in for the first time in 20 years, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden, but it's like, you know, as I said, when we hit the record button, that's it, there's no turning back, whatever happens. I've had dogs walk in, I've had kids walk in, <laughs> and, you know, you know, but one thing I really love uh, in connecting to the listener is making it feel as if they're sitting in the room with us, like some of the podcasts I've had, the experience I've had was... I'm sitting with these guys. And if I've met the actual podcast um, uh, uh, or I've interviewed the, 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 the person uh, yeah. who I've listened to their podcast, I feel like I've known them. And I kind of feel strange because all of a sudden it's like they actually don't know me, but I actually know them really well, right? <laughs> and, but is that there was that level of authenticity. There was that level of sometimes the overproduced, the overperfected thing can almost put you in a box, right? So is this, is this something that, that you use in terms of being authentic? Yeah, one of the things that it, it's very, very cliche, people only do business with people that they know, like and trust. Mm. And getting to know people means just pull back the layers. Just mm. be, be yourself, be authentic, and let them see inside. Let them see and feel mm. the company. And when you can put yourself out there, you know, mm. warts and all, and and also be brave enough to stand up and say, damn it, I am good at this, I am the leader, trust mm. me. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, they don't look at them, they don't feel as if they're a leader and they don't really yeah. trust them because yeah. they don't get up and say, you know what, I am good at this, yeah. and they do it in a way that they get to know them. Yeah. That's the first thing, let people get to know you. Yeah. And that's... One of the things that uh, that I've been working with my people for years is you know, doing you know, is doing direct communication videos. Mm. At the end of meeting somebody or before a meeting, I'll send them a quick video. It's a personal message, and somebody might get they might have watched some of my videos. They might have got one of my books that's got videos in them. We've organised a meeting. They'll get a a quick chat video before mm. say. The number of times I, I sit down or get online to talk to people, they'll say, Steve, I feel as if I already know you, and it's yeah. our first meeting. Yeah, yeah. And we can do that. Yeah. A lot of people don't make the effort, and they'll just put up the cookie-cutter mm. type of, you know, this is the uh, professional type of things that I really should be putting out there. Yeah. But we're not buying that. We're, mm. we're buying the person. And somewhere yeah. in an organisation, there has to be a person. Yeah that we're dealing with, even yeah. in big organisations, I'm working yeah. with them yeah. to put out those direct communication videos. Because, yeah. you know, the old saying is, um, is B2B. Mm. B2B is not building to building. 
Mm. It's still person to person, mm. even though it's business to business. It's mm. a person in one company dealing with a person in another company, yeah. and yeah. they're making decisions. Yeah, and it's funny because often we we look because often you think of Facebook is not a is a B two C thing, but sometimes you know that that B two B message is you are still talking to a people, be it in business, and you can still target that person as a professional within a social network, right? Yeah. But then you can add that personalized touch to that, hey, this business person is a human being, you know, he has or she has their own interests, they have a family, um, and that's often the connecting point, right? Is that? Yeah. Let's go the other way onto LinkedIn, which is supposed to be the professional network. Now, I've just published um, one of my reports, the 36-minute sales funnel for LinkedIn. And the way that you cut through there is actually be real, mm. be human, and I use direct communication videos for people. Mm. If somebody connects with me, they'll get a video back. Hey, great to connect with you. Here's a little bit more about what I do. Mm. It's like, wow, Steve, um, thanks. I, I, I get, I've got to know you. Yeah. And yeah. we start a conversation. Yeah. And it, it's a conversation and a relationship. Yeah. And how do you connect and, t- well, I'd say, take them from curious to um, client <laughs> yeah. is be human. Yeah. Have a relationship with people there instead of, you know, yeah. send wads of paper or try and spam them, yeah. is get to know them. Yeah, yeah. I know I've done, a, I mean, and we've had this conversation before about LinkedIn offline, is that it's, it's a fantastic network. Um, and people put up, you know, their CVs, their history and stuff like that. And sometimes you look at someone's uh, CV and think, wow, that is fantastic what they did there. But if you could actually hear from them and, and, and talk, and now LinkedIn does have the video function in it. Yes. So I've done a few of the weekly, I call it a weekly walkthrough in the particular industry that, that I'm in. And it's, it's funny that, like, you've got to be brave to do that. It's such a big leap to actually hit that big red button mm. and do it. Yeah. Because uh, for people like yourself who do it in your sleep, it's fine. <laughs> but but it, you know, I often find, and even for myself, and I give a lot of talks, I produce a lot of events and all that stuff, but sometimes that big red button can be a scary thing, right? It's, it is very scary. And yeah, we all had to start somewhere. And yeah, I've seen some of my early ones and they were horrible. But it, it's a matter of also sharing yourself. Mm. And, and being that human person and, and connecting. And uh, we've, as you know, way back when we first met, we were teaching videos and video marketing. I always told the people that we are blessed because the people that come to learn mm. to put themselves in front of the camera are a rare breed. Yeah. They're prepared to share themselves. Yeah. And they're really good people to work with. And that will transfer into anything that you do online. Yeah. If you are prepared to be yourself on camera, Mm. then the people will appreciate it and they'll get to know you and they'll want to do business with you. Great. Steve, on that note, wrapping up this episode, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about many years to come. We will. We will. <laughs> we'll do some more. Whenever you're back in Balmoral, we'll shoot some more. And you or never whenever know. you guys are in Europe. Hey, uh, there you go. Might, might head over to, the, over to the northern side. Look forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks again, Steve. All right. Cheers, Jammer. Cheers.